Welcome to Stream Detroit, the show for cool people doing cool shit here in Detroit. I'm Mike McClintock, your host. Today our guest uh, was going to be Calvin Johnson, but we had to bump him because we got Beth Mack. Upgrade. Mack. It is an upgrade. <laughs> he, he said it was okay. He would come back next week. Um, we talked it over. Right. Beth is the uh, SBP Global Digital and Prestige Director at Starcom Media Vest Group. That's right. That and uh, Brad Fox over there, our co-host. Good to be here. Yeah. I'll be pretending to take some notes. Okay, good. Good for you. Welcome, Beth. Thanks for coming on. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really have been looking forward to this, so yeah? appreciate the time. We'll, uh, we'll probably have some, some background noise here. They are mad dash trying to finish this M1 rail project because in every episode of Stream Detroit we have some kind of uh, construction noise in the background and they got to hurry up and get out of the way and make a road for the parade to walk down. So even though it's snowing and it's like four degrees outside, they are throwing some cement into the ground. So It's exciting to see the progress. Isn't it kind of fun? Nobody on the on, on, on TV here can uh, can see out the window, but we get to look outside and watch them build Trust M1 us. rail. It's cool. There's so much going on down here that's just like a lot of energy and a lot of fun. So my first question for you is, what does a global digital and prestige <laughs> director uh, do? Well, I get to make it up every day, which is actually a lot of fun. No, that's, that's cool. That's, kind of like this podcast. Kind of as a half truth. Um, with a global digital lead for um, a very large CPG client um, out of New York. Actually, they're out of Cincinnati, so if that gives you any indication who they might be. Maybe. Um, I'm out of New York, uh, kind of the self-proclaimed mecca of advertising, mm -hmm. um, which I think here at Detroit would, would rival that a little bit. But um, cool. literally, <laughs> literally what I do on a daily basis is try to grow capabilities for our teams around the world. Mm -hmm. So it's everything from developing talent all the way through to driving strategy for our largest clients. Um, and, that, and then on the prestige side, I actually handle all media for um, the prestige, which is luxury and premium brands that oh, cool. um, my particular client actually license. Okay. So it is skincare and um, fragrances and makeup and all that stuff. All the all fabulous of, stuff. All kinds of fun girly things. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's a lot of fun. That sounds and, fabulous. Uh, again, continues to let me fly around the world and learn learn people and places and understand new cultures and which actually is a huge, huge help in my daily business and really understanding how to push um, digital in different ways that mm -hmm. are far more meaningful than just you know buying some some impressions here and there. Right. You have a pretty cool job, don't you? I do. I do. <laughs> I, mean, I how, really do. How did you wind up with this job? Um, That's like... You know what? I actually have to pinch myself every once in a while uh -huh. because um, you know I actually started here in Detroit in the automotive world um, mm -hmm. and 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 still love it. And mm -hmm. believe me, I uh, I'm a huge proponent for Detroit. Uh, every step of the way, I I'm always defending it. So um, I would never have started any any way different. But right. Uh, yeah, so you know, so a girl from middle of middle of southeast Michigan-ish area, mm -hmm. uh, living in the Big sounds Apple like a journey and, song. Yeah, <laughs> kind of is. Kinda is. Um, yeah, I would never have thought that I would have experienced what I have in my career so far. It's, yeah. it's a riot. Yeah. Stressful, rewarding. Um, I feel nauseous every day. I feel really? rewarded every day, and. It's really so. It's I just like riding a rocket. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Yeah, that's so a got, great way to put it. You got big brands to work with. You got startups. Yes. Which means you probably have 
messes all the time. Things yeah. are supposed to work. Things go completely yeah, sideways. Absolutely. And you get to just make it up and deal with that as you go along. Yeah, I mean, that's actually the fun part about it is the fact that I have the opportunity to problem solve every day. Mm -hmm. The problems are different. The mm -hmm. people are different. And the opportunity to make change and the opportunities that we have to do things differently yeah. are there. And, you know, I don't think any other time in my career I've actually ever felt like this excited about being able to problem solve. Okay. You know, and in earlier days, you just kind of want to buy the media and be done and kind of do do what you need to do and get out of there and mm -hmm. go to the next party, right? Um, and now, I mean, well, well nothing ever goes wrong on the internet. Nothing ever. It's perfect. It always runs exactly the way you bought it. That's what I thought. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so it's really TV and print and all those that really, you know, have problems. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that gives you sort of, you know, TV and print and radio, that's sort of, we make this, we put it on this big platform, everybody mm -hmm. sees it, hears it, reads it. With digital, it's like, it, it's like an ant colony. There's like yeah. a bazillion things happening all in a bazillion different directions. How do you like even figure out what to even look at? Well, the goal is to never think that you can solve it all. Right. And the goal is to just take off little bits and chunks and try to solve for those things mm -hmm. um, or find new ways to do things. Right. I often think of something my mother told me when I was a young little person who was completely overwhelmed with doing my algebra homework. It mm. was, you know, bite by bite. Don't try to take everything on all at once because right. you'll never be able to do it. And I think that's... You know, in the digital space, you really have to work that way. Mm -hmm. There isn't any other way because um, once you think you've cracked the code, right. something else comes about and uh, you have to start over. And that's got to be challenging, right? Because, I mean, from your perspective, you have all these startups and, you know, in this community and kind of this Madison Block area in Detroit, there's a lot of startups. So from your perspective, you saw, probably see a lot of new ideas and people are, you know, how many emails come into your inbox saying, you know, give me a meeting, give me a meeting. We've got this great new thing. How do you, what is your process, maybe from your, from a corporate standpoint for your, for your one um, non-specified large <laughs> consumer packaged goods company based in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> How do you guys manage that? I mean, is, a, is, there a, is there a process that you guys go through because you're getting a lot of people knocking on your door and you don't want to, on one hand, it's a lot of noise, but on the other hand, you want to make sure that you're at the forefront of innovation. So how do you guys manage that? Um, you know what? I think it has a lot to do with, with training ourselves um, to a couple of things. Um, everybody deserves an answer. So I, there isn't one person who doesn't get a response from me. Really? Somehow, some way, yeah. I just feel like everybody, everybody should have the opportunity. Um, if they've made the effort, they should at least at least get a no, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's, that's the best thing to get um, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think as long as we can train the folks who are coming up in the industry to have the respect um, to be able to do that, it gives everybody else a lot easier. Uh, mm -hmm. It drives a little bit more confidence in the people who have new products because mm -hmm. they know that somebody will listen to them, even right. though it might not be that first person they reach out to. Um, but I, I also, we do have to be very diligent in making sure we have big teams um, all over the world. Um, in some cases, we have really small teams. So we really have to make sure that we are communicating um, at scale with each other. And if we have one partner who's come in, who's given us some great ideas, it is essential that we share it and that we share it in some way that we think might be beneficial to the next audience. So, you know, I try to, and this is hard because there's mm -hmm. a lot of things that come in, but I try to actually 
um, when I share something with another team, you know, whether they are in Turkey or they are in Chicago, um, give them a little bit of perspective of why I think it's interesting mm -hmm. and important and potentially how I think it could impact their business. Um, it's not always the easiest thing because mm -hmm. that means you actually have to take the time to write something up or at least put some additional thought right. into it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's actually really helpful and, and also gives that person the perspective whether or not they should be taking the next step with that, mm -hmm. that particular partner. Yeah, because from my perspective on the sell side and having spent a lot of time on the sell side, that's one of the biggest frustrations is not, no, I always say no is a legitimate, a legitimate answer. Yes. I mean, when you think you have a great solution to something and you're kind of banging your head against a wall, not getting a response, at least if somebody says no, that's fine. It's like, yeah. okay, I either have to change or move on, right? But that's refreshing no. that you at least go out of your way to say no, no is, no is a fine answer. Not the answer you want to hear, but necessarily, but. Right. And, you know, actually, sometimes it, I would, I think if it were me on the other side, which I've been on the other side, so I, I understand where folks are coming from and the pressure that sales folks and new, and new companies have of getting in to see people. Um, I think actually no and having someone respond to them, to your point, is, is sometimes even more important than getting the yes and then the meeting being canceled mm -hmm. repeatedly or just, I mean, the, the, the conversation is lackluster. I'd absolutely rather have someone say, I don't think it is what I need right now and, and be done, right? right? Put yeah. the name down, check the box and move on to the next. Right. And then they can, they can modify things too. Right. Maybe they got to say, right. okay, well, if it's not that, maybe I got to change right. my approach. Right. At least and, you know. And you know, that's actually a really good point. And as I was mentioning earlier, I was mm -hmm. uh, meeting with um, another large partner yesterday afternoon in their sales team. And one of the questions they asked me is, what what can we do better, right? Right. Um, and I, you know, my first answer is always, know your client's business. Mm -hmm. Know it. Don't be afraid to go and learn more. Learn the process of how they make their products. Learn the process and the politics within their organization. Learn who their team um, members are and the mm -hmm. stresses and pressures of what those things might actually um, lend to the conversation or not. You know, you'll learn rather quickly mm -hmm. uh, what you should say and what you shouldn't say. And doing your homework first is 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 critical. It couldn't be, I think it's probably one of the most critical things. So, and that means more than just reading their LinkedIn profile. Oh my God. Yes, please. <laughs> Cause there are a lot of LinkedIn profiles that are not accurate. Oh, no, come <laughs> I on. mean, weird, their names are right, but, uh, some of the other things might not be so up to date. Mm -hmm. So you probably have to, uh, go out and actually meet with your customers, the people that you're, you know, it's not just look them up on the internet and see what their, uh, you know, their tagline says. It's go investigate how how it works. That's that's the proper way to prepare as a as a, say a startup or a partner with with you is to say, okay, I got to do my homework. So what what does that what does that look like when somebody comes in and they've actually done their homework? Um, and somebody that hasn't done their homework, what, what, how can you tell? Um, I would say the biggest difference is that when they do their homework, it's a conversation. Okay. Um, and when they don't, it's much more PowerPoint. Um, I generally, and this isn't just because, you know, time is limited. I just don't think that's a really good use of time is I actually tell people, please don't bring your computers in. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you have something that's so critical to the conversation that can't be done in some right. sort of conversation, mm -hmm. um, I'd rather have a face-to-face, eye-to-eye, you know, um, 
or ear to ear conversation. It just to me it sparks a lot more question and answer than watching something on someone's laptop. I think it's like the it's like the thirty second rule or the elevator pitch rule, right? right? If you don't have your elevator pitch down, I mean that's critical, right? Because what if somebody says, you know what, I don't want to see that like, and that's happened to me yes. before on the sell side. It's like well, let's just put laptops away. So it's like what do you do? And if somebody is that blunt and you don't have your 30 second pitch or your elevator pitch down, you're, you're kind of hosed, but you're right. If you do, like we were in LA this week on one of the companies that I work with and it was, it was just that it was more of a conversation mm -hmm. and, and it was just much, a much richer, um, environment. Um, just a much more, uh, just a much better conversation because we obviously knew what we were doing and who we were talking to. And, you know, we didn't have to bust out the, the PowerPoint and focus on, you know, the, the big screen in the, in the back of the room. Yeah, and I think, you know, you, you, a lot of folks, it takes time and it takes a lot of practice to be really comfortable with mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And, you know, just as you would if you were up on stage or here or, mm -hmm. you know, in a meeting of one, you know, one-on-one -on -one meeting, you need to practice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need to practice in front of a mirror. You need to pra have somebody actually ask you really dumb questions and really smart questions. Right. Um, I had the pleasure. You pointed at me and the dumb ones, no, and him no. and the smart ones. Just so I was we're... just going. I think I, I think I saw. I think <laughs> I saw her go like this. <laughs> Um, I just had the pleasure of being um, in a leadership um, training course that my company mm -hmm. puts um, their top 20 or 30 um, leaders within the company through every year. And that was actually one thing that we did was, to, was truly role-playing. Okay. Um, sounds a little scary, especially, you know, for agency people. What do we need this for? Like, this is what we do. We do this every day. No. Um, it was probably one of the most interesting and educational things for me to go through um, because people were asking me questions that I wasn't expecting. Right. And I think that is the – even having someone ask you questions – that they're not even in the field. Right. It's actually even a better way to prepare yourself because they will ask questions that are, you know, you, you really, you, you can't make any assumptions that they know mm -hmm. enough about your your company or your technology or, or anything to to, uh, to to make a difference, so. Does that happen a lot with, uh, with startups where you can tell they just, they don't know the ad business, for lack of a better term. Yeah. And they come in and they're just, Maybe that's that's a plus in some cases. I was actually going to say, I think it is actually a benefit to them mm -hmm. because they're not jaded by right. what we know or what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, they come at it with heart and passion mm -hmm. versus I need to make a quota. Mm -hmm. And that is a very different, genuine, very authentic conversation for the most part. Right. right? You know, they have pressures too, obviously. Right. You know, you want to make sure that people learn about your product and adopt whatever technology it is that you're that you're developing but at the end of the day you know as long as people come in with some um a understanding of your business i mean i had somebody come in um a, a couple weeks back a pretty senior person come in and actually spout off three wrong brands that are not even within my, <laughs> within my uh whoopsie yeah i was like there, you got the wrong notes. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a different one. Take that off and Oops. put a different. Mm -hmm. Did like a big tube come out of the ceiling and <laughs> suck them up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. It was like a gong show. Bye. Bye. Um, 
I don't know where I was going with that. But. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> we don't know where we're going with this whole episode. It's fine. Right, but when you fun. say know the know the client, mm -hmm. you know, it's not that they should be coming and pitching you. They're not pitching your agency. Right. They're really pitching the end client through you. Right. And they need to know what their solution is. It's not some generic magic black box that, here you go, use this and use it with all your clients and everything will be great. You guys figure it out. It's, I think, you know, for client X, for this water bottle or whatever, or this uh, licorice on the table, we should do this and this and this, and this is how our solution can benefit from that. We probably have some holes in it, but this is, this is our big idea. For, for this particular client. And that's where the homework really needs to come in is is, is this snack food yeah. or this, you know, under this basket right. weaving toolkit. Right. What am I even talking about? I don't about? know, but I like it. But, so, <laughs> I think it's time to bust out the so, beer. Right? Basket, I think weaving probably, basket weaving toolkit. I think that I meant to say widget. <laughs> <laughs> somehow basket weaving toolkit came out. We haven't, we haven't talked about lasers yet in this episode, exactly, so we'll, we'll get exactly. to the lasers. Time yes, machines yeah. haven't come up. What was I talking about? Oh, oh so you got to get to the, you go to the basket weaving toolkit manufacturer. You got to figure out what's the problem with yeah. you know basket weaving toolkit manufacturers and why can't they get people to do anything on Facebook? And you've got a magic black box that makes all the basket weaving toolkit users yeah. do something on Facebook. So they come, they have to come in, pitch you, because they're not going to go to the, the toolkit manufacturer and pitch it. They're really going to pitch you. Although they really do want to go to the toolkit manufacturer, let me right. tell you. And, and mean, figure out. Yeah. Or, or think that they will, ultimately, they're going to be the ones who make the decisions on where their budgets end up being spent. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but they lean, you know, a lot of clients. Some do, some don't, but for the most part, agencies are there to help weed out some of those things that mm -hmm. because we know their business, sometimes even better than they know their business, as we should, mm -hmm. um, we have the opportunity to make their lives a little bit easier. And mm -hmm. that's really what I see is my job is to not overcomplicate the world for them, sure. but to actually bring them things that they should be doing or could be doing. So you're in the primordial soup of the ecosystem of all the things that could possibly be, yes. which is why your job is fun. Mm -hmm. And then you get to just go through all of that and say, well, this could work and this could work. What about what about if somebody has, you know, part of the solution and then can you like connect them up with other people that have other parts of the solution yeah. and then and then sprinkle in some magic Facebook and Twitter fairy dust yeah. and say, hey, now this could work. Yeah. Is that part of your 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 Yeah, day? I think you know we have a lot of opportunity to be creative in our daily jobs, mm -hmm. and should be right. right? Um, being thinking about things from a different perspective and not being tied to one process or one tool or one partner. Um, does give us the opportunity to kind of connect the dots in different ways. So if I know somebody has a technology and I ha and, and my client has a product that they know that would be, a, you know, messaging would be great on that platform mm -hmm. or, or, or vice versa. We have a platform, we have a message and a product, but mm -hmm. we need technology to help facilitate it. That's the fun of being able to look into, you know, the crystal ball of of um, opportunities and technologies mm -hmm. and partners and vendors and all these different places and spaces and coming down to, mm -hmm. to, to you know, Grand Circus here right. um, and, and, and finding those things to connect the dots. That's what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. And that actually, in the long run, will help a lot of startups, right? Sure. Because oh, yeah. we have the connectors mm -hmm. um, and it's great to partner. I mean, I learn so much from folks who are, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not what you would say as an entrepreneur, right? I, I have been in big business 
business my entire career. I've mm -hmm. generally only worked on really big brands. So when it comes to like kind of starting something up and doing something, you know, new from scratch, mm -hmm. kind of scares me a little bit. So okay. I love to learn from those folks who have taken the initiative, who have taken, you know, the have the ambition and the drive to do something like that and see it They're through. all crazy. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. I love it. Good. I need a little bit of that crazy to rub <laughs> off on me. Uh, but I, I mean, I think it's just as important for right. me to be exposed to them as them having the opportunity to come in. I mean, I learned just as much from them. As you're like you're like better than a venture capitalist. Yeah, just with not as much money. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah. It's a, a little bit of a different process. That's for sure. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's like mavens and connectors and mm -hmm. salespeople. You know, if the startups are the mavens, your yeah. your ecosystem is the is the salespeople and, and being the connector. Right. So you've got yeah. plenty of salespeople in there and sales right. and marketing. I mean, ultimately, mm -hmm. that's what we're doing. Right. Um, but if you can connect together all those different pieces, then then the client doesn't have to. I mean, and that's obviously not they're 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 busy making uh, right. you know toolkits for baskets, right. weaving, weaving, whatever it was. Widgets. Yeah, lasers. Widgets. Lasers. <laughs> Shameless plug for lasers yeah. today. <laughs> You know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, a lot of the different companies that are reaching out to you. I mean, what are some of the more innovative ideas or products or solutions that you've seen recently from startups that have crossed your desk in the, in the last couple of months? Um, that's a really good question. I feel, I mean, there are so many incredible ideas. Um, some actually parlay into a product that makes sense. And some don't. Some are just really great ideas that probably should never be built, <laughs> and that's okay, right? We have to like square to, wheels would be right. It it's would be unique, really clunky, unique, right? But not clunky. very relevant, right? Really clunky, I mean, literally <laughs> clunky. Um, gosh, you know what? I think a lot of the location-based and shopper-based data gathering and usage is interesting to me, especially in my current mm. my current role. Um, without being um, invasive into people's lives. Mm -hmm. uh, I know as a consumer that it is really helpful when things are at my fingertips. Everybody's time starved mm -hmm. and need to do things even more quickly than they ever had to in the past. And I think if we can continue to hone in on experiences with your device that actually um, help you do things better and faster and smarter. That's those types of technologies to me are really are, are, are far more intriguing. I don't need another ad server. I don't need another technology that helps me buy better or faster. Hmm. I've got a lot of those. Okay. Um, I think if we continue to think about consumers as the end goal, that's when we're all going to find very unique products that make sense for people. Okay. Um, you know, along those lines, you know, we, we've asked this question before, but in terms of the data, right, for, from an advertising standpoint, there's there's kind of a debate that probably won't get solved today, maybe, um, but here today, here today in this very room, um, at least for those of us who are wearing pants. But anyways, um, 
the, I'm the, wearing pants. <laughs> so the question. So, so, I'm not going to stand up. Um, so the question is, the data. The, who owns the data? There's the debate is, mm -hmm. does the marketer own it? Does the consumer own it? Do the ad agencies own it? So from your perspective, I mean, there's there's a lot of you know implications there, and that I don't mean that to be like a loaded question or anything, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on you know that piece of the data, like you know consumer protection, and you know if it's very valuable data to both agencies and, and marketers alike. So yeah. like, love to get your perspective. For sure, you know, I, there, there, I mean, it is such a huge debate. Um, I think it is the. The source of, or, or the core of it, is the intention of what's being done with that data, right? And, you know, it can be a really expensive, really confusing um, prospect uh, to have and own all this data, because a lot of times you don't know what to do with it all. Um, you don't know how to make sense of it. So even if you own just mountains of data, doesn't mm -hmm. mean you're going to be any better off. Um, than you were when you didn't have data. In fact, I would argue in some cases it actually makes you dumber because you have so much. Um, mm -hmm. It paralyzes you. data, but you don't have any information. Yeah, exactly. You don't know what to do with it. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there is the back and forth of do I need to own it or can I just rent it? Mm -hmm. Because people's habits change so quickly, um, our tools and our, our devices change so quickly mm -hmm. that I now have all this data that's almost, I mean, it is obsolete rather quickly. Right. So do we need to own it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, every manufacturer, every marketer has a different view mm -hmm. on that. Um, I, I think it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, and how much data you feel is necessary. And if you need historical data to make decisions, then you know probably having a, a, a bit of that mountain for yourself that, can, that gives you competitive advantage is a good thing. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I think it really depends on the marketer's um, intent. Uh, and you know whether or not shopper data is right, whether or not you know uh, buying habits um, for automotives are right. I mean, it just it just it just really depends. I know that's a horrible no, that's a horrible answer. I don't think it is a horrible tell, answer. I think that, I think but. you actually said a lot there with it. You said you know there's a ton of data out there. We're swimming in data. I mean, there was there's data spilled over there on the floor. Look, it's right there. Yeah, look and, at that. And that's I mean, we should probably sweep that up, but. It, but there's not a whole lot of information out of it. Yeah. Everybody, it's like data, 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 data. Well, yeah. so what? We have all this data, right. and we're, we're, we're mashing it up with this and running these algorithms right. against it and stuff. But to what end? I mean, what you really need is create a better experience, exactly. something unique. Yes. Um, I mean, how many programmatic buying platforms are there? I don't need any more. Yeah, I there's really a lot do. of them. Yeah. Do they all, you know, and I guess they probably need to eat a bunch of data in order to, right. but does that really help the consumer do something better? I mean, is, you know, how do you, how do you sell more fashion with your phone what? Yeah. or on a phone on a phone right? or on a device? Right. Right. Or in some, in some sort of digital It's all augmented reality. Yeah, which I love. Oh, do you? Yeah, that's actually coming back to your point. Mm -hmm. There are some incredible executions and platforms that you can use to bring like anything that's visual to life. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Right. Um, Startup weekend. They just uh, the the person the team that won Sean Yelda shout out um, just did it with with augmented reality and some kind of kids book thing where really? the characters come to life. Come to life, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, how how interesting is it to take something that's static and actually bring it to life? And in in our case, mm -hmm. how do you actually get consumers through an entire journey in a few seconds all the way through to a purchase? 
You can do that in augmented reality. You right. can do that in different ways to bring that printed page or your you know video screen or, or mm -hmm. anything but radio, right, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, to life. So it's so if you had a if you had a you know an augmented reality solution that came somebody came to you and presented it, you know you wouldn't want them to come and say, hey, you know we do all this programming on the Unity platform and we can make anything. That's not the that's not a solution that you want to see. No. It's yeah. Uh, I have a chair manufacturer. Well, maybe we should just go back to our basket weaving kit. Okay. And and I have this solution that I can do this specifically with your basket weaving manufacturer. We're going to make it up, fly up around the room, and do all this stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see. It's something yeah. specific for that client. I, you know, it, it, and I wanted to say this earlier. I think mm -hmm. the key to bringing ideas forward is to not have it a fully baked. Okay. Give people the opportunity to be creative and take what they know they have to do with their brands. Um, but don't leave it so open-ended mm -hmm. that they have to think so much that they just, it just, right. it falls flat. Right. So give them enough, kind of enough energy and enough juice to make it move. Um, and so they can add their part into it. You know, some of the best executions that I've seen, the best plans, have been ones where I've had a partner come in and give me, hey, you know what? Here, here is what I'm thinking it it, it could do for you. Mm -hmm. Does this match? Does this give you enough to kind of build from with what mm -hmm. you know you need to do? Right. Um, so it's fun because then you right. become a partner in crime, if you will. Yeah, that's right. You, it's not just you yeah, know like here it is in a box. Here you go. Buy ready. it. Buy it as is. Right. And I think you're both vested, interested, you know, vested partners at that point, right? Because right? you're both building to this solution. And clients too. Clients want to. I mean, as much as they may or may not say they want to be part of it, they certainly <clears throat> want to have their name on it. I mean, mm -hmm. a lot of their performance reviews hinge well, on the success. Too. Well, right. Yeah, it makes the, <laughs> it's okay to be. It makes the day go by a little bit quicker, right. right? When you actually are feeling a bit fulfilled with the things that you're bringing, you know, solutions that you're bringing forward. It's fun. It's mm -hmm. fun. Totally. So, on the um, kind of talking a little bit about, you know, we talked a little bit about data and a little bit of programmatic, and I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, as you said, you don't need another programmatic solution. There's a lot of them out there, and a lot of media, digital media, is moving in that space. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you guys manage, you know, the, the lever kind of goes like this, right? You can be, you know, all programmatic or you can be kind of the traditional digital media buy, if you will, because there has to be a balance, I would think, because Absolutely. there has to be some human intervention, whether it's a, you know, kind of talking about our customizable solution. You know, you don't necessarily want something that's in a box. Like, mm -hmm. here, Beth and, you know, CPG partner, buy this thing right here. It's like, well, no, it doesn't have this. So you, so you want to have some customization uh, potential to that. So, I mean, how do you guys manage that piece, right? So you don't necessarily, sometimes an out-of-the-box idea will work just fine. Other times you want to have some of that customization. So how do you guys manage that kind of balance between pure programmatic and... It is a fine line, but, you know, I think you have to, you have to go back to what we were talking about before. It is about the consumer. And if you, you can spend all of your money in really inexpensive or less expensive ways through programmatic or through different types of automated um, buying platforms, but if the consumer isn't receptive to it, you're wasting your money. So you do, you have to be really keen on um, watching the levers Right, so you can definitely. I mean, some products we have do really, really well because we need, we need reach. We need to just get as many eyeballs to know about our product. And then we have some products that actually, I mean, we reach isn't the issue. Mm -hmm. Our brand, you know, there's a lot of well-known brands um, within our agency. 
but they need to have really um, unique and kind of uh, one-to-one dialogues, one-to-one-ish, mm-hmm. one-to-many yep. uh, dialogue with people um, to get their point across. And so they actually understand the usage of that product versus mm-hmm. it, you know, here is my product, here's my logo, here's, you know, some of the things that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you guys it, figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there is a balance. Now, there isn't a magic tool. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different ways that we um, analyze. Uh, but it's really being it's being steadfast to the objectives that you've set, to the KPIs that match those objectives, and then ultimately not um, second guessing your hypothesis and, and and seeing it through. And of course, optimizing all along the way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I just said every buzzword. Of you just said I think you just buying. said A B testing with. <laughs> could you put um, monetization? Could you get anything? She, you know what she didn't say. I'm not Laser saying. I'm not saying it anymore. I sucked the, the air right out of the room last time. So. I, so we yeah, just did, I, we were just going over a patent for a time machine involving lasers <laughs> with uh, an IP attorney. You know, you hear a lot about content, obviously, all the time, and everybody. I hear people talking about branded content mm-hmm. a lot. You know, what is branded content mm-hmm. now? Um, well, I think it used to be when you would actually have a brand. Okay. <laughs> it's not just um, you know, it's not just uh, you know a, a cup on a table anymore. Okay. It, it is truly. I guess we actually don't really call it branded content anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just call it content. And content. so what's the difference between your ads versus your content? Okay. Um, and that's that's and a that's, good question right yeah, there. I mean, yeah. what is the difference? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I have, oh, look at that. It's not just a cup on the table anymore. Pennies. We aim to please here at Stream Detroit. <laughs> Pennies from heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, you know, I think it really is... Uh, it is a hard thing to define because right? mm-hmm. it can be everything from a visual experience. So it could be a video. It could be some sort of sequenced communication. It could be some sort of text communication. Mm-hmm. That's you know, or, or or a static picture or something along those lines. Or it could be somebody experiencing your product, or somebody reviewing your product. Um, it could be a blogger. It could be something that is um, planned mm-hmm. but doesn't feel like. Um, advertising, mm-hmm. but really is. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, I think it's really um, a lot, it has a lot to do with the essence of the brand mm-hmm. and how they want to be able to communicate it. Some some brands are, it's really comfortable mm-hmm. to have things that are not, um, that are not just the, the brand logo. Okay. Right? Some some brands really lend to that because they're humorous or mm-hmm. they are um, a little less serious. And some brands really need to have advertising. Mm-hmm. They have to. You know, if you think about the pharma category, there's not a lot of leeway. There's mm-hmm. a lot of you know legal um, uh, you know silos that they have to work within that don't give them that flexibility. Like those five minute long disclosures or the fast talker on the radio commercial. Right, or the four pages in a magazine that has all of the the claims. Um, So I think from the standpoint of content, it really is what helps drive and continue to further your brand's uh, relevance with consumers. And it can be anything, and that's the Mm -hmm. beauty of it. What does apps fall into that? Where does a whole new experience on a mobile phone 
That's yeah. not content. It might use content yeah. in a new way. Or is it content? Could be. Okay. It could be content. Could be. I, I see apps as, as a platform or a mechanism, mm -hmm. you know, just like a website. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it will have maybe a little bit more specific relevance to a consumer or to a user or to a player or whomever. Uh, but I don't see it as being content, mm -hmm. right? I mean, it could be. Could be user-generated yeah, content. Yeah, it could be. Mm -hmm. It could be. I, again, it really is. As long is, as we have a clear-cut definition of everything here, yeah. it will be good. And you know, in the digital space, that's what we do, right? <laughs> it's, it's binary. It's always very specific <laughs> and known and not well, that's, you know, vague at all. Yeah, that's that that causes, you know, every, that's there's a lot of risk in that. So how does that work? Yeah. I mean, it's like just just the risk of taking the flyer on these ideas. Yeah. How many, you know, how, how often does it work and how often does it not work? And how do you know, I mean, what's okay and what's not? Yeah, and, and, and a lot of brands are risk adverse. Mm -hmm. You know, in a day where um, a lot of people are worried about their jobs, mm -hmm. they don't want to take, you know, or take the extra mile. You can go ahead and drink. Oh, so I can drink now? Yeah, I can. Yeah. You can drink on the internet. It's, it's no, okay now. Right, yeah. Are we at least 21? Cheers. Yeah, cheers. To the first of the day. Um, or is it? Or is it? I did fly in this morning, so right. I could have had a Blaine Mary on the way here. You know, how do you how do you how do you get through that in order to get something that's yeah. completely innovative there's going to have to be some risk involved and there's you're going to have to you you should have the willingness and the desire to learn from failures mm -hmm. or mistakes mm -hmm. I, I, failure is very harsh and very ended mm -hmm. i think mistakes give you the opportunity to to learn and yeah and to not replicate the things that didn't do so well i was saying again to this group that i was talking to yesterday uh, I would rather not know all of your successes. Mm -hmm. I'd rather know your failures. I'd mm. rather know the things and the process. Well, we got like another which... hour. We can talk about my failures. <laughs> good. I have a few I can share too. I have several. Um, wow. I'm yeah, good but at I this. think it's really. I, I think it's even more important for me to know how you've solved the issues that mm -hmm. came about from the mistakes or failures than mm -hmm. it is for me to know that everything you do is rosy mm -hmm. and perfect and will end exactly You wouldn't believe me anyways. No, right. I wouldn't. And you know right. what? I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe you. I wouldn't believe you or you. Um, because we're all human and we're right. all going to make mistakes and technology isn't perfect. Right? Well, uh, it is, I mean, some are, <laughs> some oh, aren't. Well. Uh, but I think that's the that's the beauty of it, and and that's where partnership truly comes in, and the trust of being a partner versus being sold to. Mm -hmm. uh, I try to call everybody a partner versus okay. people a vendor right. or something like that. Supplier. Yeah, because it's just cold, you <laughs> right. know. It's mm -hmm. that wall up. Sure. But there are there are some <laughs> that are definitely suppliers and, and vendors because they haven't. They haven't won my respect mm. or my trust, mm -hmm. um, and they don't really care. They really don't care about what they're selling or what I'm what I'm selling, and you can tell right away. Mm -hmm. So I would think I, I would like to say to you know to the folks um, watching this or listening to this, how important it is to be to gain someone's trust. Mm -hmm. It's not by taking them out to dinner. That's fun. That's great, but it's by listening. It's by doing your homework, mm -hmm. as we talked about earlier, and it's and it's thinking about how your solution actually actually plays a role. Um, I would rather you not come in if you didn't have that down. Right. You know, have it have it done, have it down, have a perspective before you walk in. It's easy to do. You have a perspective mm -hmm. about your product, mm -hmm. 
uh, it's not it's not hard to do to continue to have that opinion mm -hmm. and a POV um, on how that opinion comes to life. So let me ask you guys a question. Okay. I would love to hear uh, what from you know maybe from from the folks that you guys talk to on a daily basis. What do you want from from folks at agencies or in bigger business um, settings? Because I'm always looking to. I'm not perfect. I'm always mm -hmm. looking to better my game uh, and be more um, responsive, and mm -hmm. you know, you know, look at partners for partners, right? And and build new and different ideas. Um, I'd love to hear any perspective you guys might have. I think the <laughs> hardest part is. No, thank you. That's a good. That's a really good question. I'm thinking, but it seems to you know for me the hardest part is how do you position it. Um, I make, you know, technology stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it's really hard for me. I look at it, it's like, okay, I got this magic black box and it's a Swiss Army dump truck. But at the same time, you're not really interested in a Swiss Army dump truck because everybody, there's a bazillion, everybody has that, right? right? So it's like, and they're always number one. How do you position it <laughs> narrow enough to say, here's what, here's what I think will work? Um, and sometimes it's like you think, wow, I don't, should I go in with this? Should I go in with this? You get analysis paralysis because you don't really know uh, where it is that 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 there, there's an opportunity for it. I mean, maybe maybe uh, you know there's a brand that's risk averse, and you know you certainly want don't want to pitch this crazy idea to that. But then there's another one that is, um, you know, where do you find the opportunities that you should? <clears throat> you should pitch. So before you want to do, you want to spend the days and days and days formulating the, the approach, how do you know what's going to be worthwhile of an approach? Yeah. That's tough to figure out. It is. It is. You know, that does actually spark a, a thought. Sometimes, and you know, you don't always have this much time and, and can get the right amount of time to be able to do this. But wouldn't it be nice when you go on a, on a call or you meet with somebody and instead of talking about your product, you just talk about the business. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, right? I'd and, love doing that. Yeah, and to me, if you don't ever get to the product, it's actually okay because mm -hmm. you, hopefully you've learned something from each other. Right. And then when you come in next time with that product, it's positioned perfectly. Right. It's positioned, um, you know, in such a way that people go, ah, oh, you've solved the issue that I have. Right. So I think that, I mean. Call the listening tour. Yeah. That's, yeah. you go out first. Right. Just talk about what, what are you. It's more strategic. It's more of a strategic yeah. conversation. And I think strategic conversations ladder to more than get you out of that vendor bucket. Yeah. And that's certainly a technique or a tactic that I've tried to employ in, you know, a variety of different sales roles that I've been. It's like pull versus push because, mm -hmm. you know, ultimately if you go in there with that black box of something that Swiss Army dump truck or whether it's a widget, it's in a box and take mm -hmm. it and because you have a sales quota, that's fine. But, you know, if you are listening, it's like, hey, let's just, let's just, I want to listen. What's, what's on your desk? Yeah. What are your, what are your priorities? And that's kind of an approach that I try, but, um, certain, it's hard to give all that time though. It is. And it, it's hard to, to say, Hey, can we have a cup of coffee? That's yeah. right. It's, yeah, especially it's if you don't know somebody. Right. Exactly. Maybe we should make something. We should make an app. There's an app in this somewhere. Yeah, there is. Isn't there? You know, it's like, it's like first date for advertising or something. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's just lunch. It's not speed dating. Right. Cause that's done. Okay. 
but not like it's just date. lunch yeah. that's like right. that's like for yeah. professionals it's just, just lunch, lunch. <laughs> it's just business it's just biz or something like that yeah. um, the, the other thing I would I would say from my perspective also being on the sales side is and I think you you kind of answered one of the frustrations from the sales side right you don't get a lot of response and no is a legitimate answer and you know it's not necessarily I mean Beth and I, to be fair, to be open and honest, Beth and I have known each other for a long time. So I think if I reach out to Beth with an idea, she generally, and you are very good about responding, and sometimes it's like, hey, I'm too busy or traveling, and that's great. Um, but it is challenging to, you know, at senior level, if you know some people, you can get a response. But even at lower levels, sometimes people just don't respond. And so to the extent that, you know, feedback to you is like, the people who report up through your system just respond and it's like hey let's do this in a month or you know six months i mean that's that's a blow-off right i mean as a salesperson you know if somebody says well we can't do anything until march well but you know that's that's the that's one of the key frustrations is a lack of communication all right so i have a question for you guys okay tell me um what what new technologies or startups in the area i should be paying attention to well, there's that's a great question. I think there's a there's a Snapshare. lot. Snapshare is one shameless plug for Snapshare. So they have, and, and I think that could have practical applications for some of your fashion clients. Mm -hmm. And Snapshare is essentially it's an app that you have on your phone where if you're shopping at a mall or a store or whatever, you can take a picture of it, send it out to your network, and get feedback like yes, no, or no, don't wear those clown shoes or whatever the <laughs> feedback is. But it's a great, pretty much an instantaneous, and you can even put a timestamp in there, right? I need your answer in five minutes or something like that. So there's you know for your wardrobe. Oh yeah, God, I love it's that. Can I just tell you, I should have had that last night when I was buying some pants. Or you really? have, <laughs> you can have like automotive applications, right? right. So it's right. like, hey, I'm thinking that, you know, shopping for a car is a little bit different than shopping for pants, for example. <laughs> um, but I mean, something like a car, you could say, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, this car, that car, or the Explorer, or the Forerunner, or whatever. What do you guys think? And maybe the timestamp isn't as long. So that's that's one that's in the area. Um, Are You a Human is another one that's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, they're next door in the Madison building. So they essentially have a, a gamified version of CAPTCHAs. CAPTCHAs are those mm -hmm. annoying squiggly words right. that when you go to um, Ticketmaster to buy your tickets right. and you're like, what the hell does that thing say? Right. You can't read those damn squiggly words. I so think they, it's a Z. It's a Z or a Q and then by the time you've tried four times and failed, you want to throw your laptop out the window. Right. So essentially they gamify that. So think of that as like a little ad unit where you could, for example, like drag the beach ball into the back of the station wagon. And that proves that you're a human, which is ultimately oh, so basic. Okay. And you could brand that, right? So it's like, hey, drag this into the back of the Ford Explorer, right. that kind right. of a thing. So, okay. you know, so there's a lot of really interesting startups that are right next door in the building. Mike, Mike is certainly exposed to a lot of the uh, startups in the area too. So, I think there's just a that's what I love about this this community is there's a startups. ton of stuff going on mm -hmm. right down here in this Madison block, Bamboo. There's a lot of startups too. So, it's a really exciting time to be uh, to be part of this kind of scene, if you will, in mm -hmm. in Detroit. That's great. I just asked these guys if they wanted to. Uh, I decided That's I was really going to buy this GoPro sitting over here. Okay. And so far I got uh, oh, one response. One he said yes. yes. Yep. 100% buy it. Yeah. And then so that just goes So out. it doesn't have to be fashion. It can be any products that you can take a picture of. I think it's mostly fashion though, okay. but I didn't really have, I guess I could probably take it up. That jacket like snazzy is. Blazer <laughs> that is snazzy. This, um, <laughs> So yeah, I guess maybe the dork in me, the geek in me was saying that that was fashionable. We actually are looking for mm -hmm. folks who don't know where to, wh right. where to go, who to talk to, but might have a really unique proposition. 
Uh, some are busts, some are amazing. Um, I, I would say, you know, two years, three years ago, when I went to the first Mobile World Congress um, in Barcelona, mm -hmm. I found, or me and a, and a couple of my colleagues found two um, partners there that we now have incorporated into the thread of our plans and couldn't be happier with them. Mm -hmm. But if we hadn't gone to Mobile World Congress, we wouldn't have found them so that's, and been, you know, charter partners. So that's great advice for, you know, folks who are in the startup community mm -hmm. here in, in, in Detroit. Mm -hmm. Those are valuable platforms for you, right? It may, may or may not work, but I mean, this is a great example of how it, it can work, right? If you have a, you know, a solution that makes sense, there's definitely opportunity out there. And I would even say too, don't be afraid to go to those places mm -hmm. um, like Barcelona or to, um, you know, to Demexco in Germany or to CES or I mean, it's South by it doesn't matter. Don't be afraid to go to those even if you don't have a platform that's global. Okay. I see it as an opportunity to meet with those people who are wanting to make markets, mm -hmm. who are looking for the partners to partner with. Right. Um, to be, you know, some cases could be potential partnerships uh, on ownership, you know, some sort of rev share deal. Don't be afraid to go to those places. Mm -hmm. You would be surprised. Uh, at the level of conversation that you don't get on a daily basis when you go there. Yeah, even can. I know it sounds really, you know, a bit foo-foo. I would we say like last can. year, can was great. Mm -hmm. For so many reasons, mm -hmm. not just You get to rose. go to can for work? <laughs> I, I probably was able to accomplish more work at can uh, and connections at can than I have at any other event. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because it was, it was casual and it wasn't... People are happy. They're happy. People are happy to be there. People are happy to mm -hmm. talk to you. People want to connect. Right. And yes, you have. You can have rosé for breakfast if you want. Uh -huh. Most of the time you can't because you had too Judgment much the night free. Judgment free, right? Judgment free, 100%. Right. I love you, Europe. Yeah, seriously. I love you, South of France. <laughs> um, but I, it's I, a rough I, life. Yeah, God, it sucks to you know, live you. on those How do you do it? yachts and right. you know, it's crazy. But I, I mean, I, I couldn't stress that more. Hmm. Put some money into your budget to go to those places. Put yourself in front of those people. I have more conversations at Demexco this year. Really? Uh, just by walking the floor. I didn't have any meetings. And I ended up having about six or seven conversations that have turned into something. Mm -hmm. Maybe not a full on buy, but we've certainly continued those conversations right. uh, long after we've come home from Germany. I think we should yeah. go to Cannes next year, Mike. We should what do you definitely think? go yes. to Cannes, and maybe we should go walk through Bamboo and the Grand Circus co-working floor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's probably some really cool things down there. That... Yeah. Yeah, we should do a tour. Oh, yeah. We should sure. do a little We could put the tour. GoPro on our forehead. Right. And just make it a Stream Detroit episode. That's a great it's idea. truly streaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be fun. I'd like to be part of that. That would be... Okay. That would be really I'm in. Cool. We're, right. we're, we're down. Done. Right. Well, it's part of our app, too. Right. Nice. Anything else you want to talk about? Wow. Um, what do you see is on the horizon? I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, what do I see is going to be yeah. on the horizon? I see more self-service people who don't just necessarily get an ad, an ad, but can interact with uh, with the brands the way that they want to on the platform that they want to. Okay. So yeah, certainly creative things like augmented reality to get the attention, but at the same time be able to uh, actually do the transaction right there. Mm -hmm. If I'm on the phone yeah. or I'm on this platform or I'm in Xbox, 
why do I have to leave Xbox and go somewhere? Why, do why I have to can't waste I my just time? why can't I just go yes please and then somebody knocks on my door and delivers? I love it. Yeah. I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. When you think about, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about, you know, the, the change in millennials, if you will, and the folks, you know, the younger generation coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't be far enough out of the millennial range, mm-hmm. but I feel like I have a little bit of um, the energy and enthusiasm about the digital space or mobile space or mobility or whatever. But you think about how they are, their predisposition to technology, it's, it's not something new. It is part of the thread of their being. Mm-hmm. And if they didn't have it, it would be like cutting off an arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus, you know, when we grew up, TV on Saturdays. Yeah. I remember yeah. when we got cable. Right. Yeah, that's a big deal. I ran home from school. <laughs> yeah. And now you can watch whatever you want to off of your mobile device, no matter where you are in the world. So like Simpsons in bed, for example. Yeah. Exactly. There was exactly. a point where, where Penny from, from Inspector Gadget had the computer book. And that was like going to be in the future. That was whoa. And there's stop the press. Computer books all over the room right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, I have more processing power in my in my phone than I do yep. even on my Mac. Right. Which is only a year old. Right. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's really it's really incredible. But I, you know, we have to be really really mindful, and us, you know, Stone Age people in the media world have to be really really mindful about how different people are going to be. Mm-hmm. But not thinking they're going to be like the Jetsons when we were younger. It's a process. I do want my flying car, and I'm pissed about it. I, I would like I would like a flying car. It would get me to and fro right. far faster than, than than an airplane. But I think a scaled up drone would be what the doctor ordered, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's drones everywhere, right? In fact, we should a do a dr- single person drone. Or like you could rent it like Uber, right? So you could have one person, four person, six person, right? Mm-hmm. Right there, I think that's that's something that's probably you know down the road. But I mean, I, getting on a segue on, on vehicle sales, I had this conversation on a plane last night coming back about you know just technology. This guy happened to work in the petroleum field, and I was talking about automated vehicles and all that stuff. And it's like an airplane is great; it gets you there at 500 miles an hour, but you have to go with 175 other people. What if you could at some point like an Uber-like service for a drone or something like that? Just how many people? Four? Where are you going? I'm gonna rent it right now. Oh my god, I would love that. Yeah. Then I wouldn't have anybody crinkling bags. No potato chip bag crinkling. I could just do it with private, plane, with all the private plane. jets that are sitting around doing nothing. Right. Hmm. Mm. We've got a lot of ideas coming yeah, out of this today. This is great. Like, I, think, I think I, I think I sense another beer coming. <laughs> we should probably, we should probably retire to the watering hole and discuss these. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Well, Beth, well, thanks for coming on the show. Our second installment of Big Digital Thinkers. It's great to see you again. Great. Thank you very much. I've really had a great time. Thanks. We did, too. Can't wait until the next time we can uh, can, chat We'll do it again. again. We'll do it again in Cannes. Yeah. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Aye.